0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome and thanks for joining us. You're tu- tuned into the Old Terps podcast, brought to you by the good folks at New Amendment. Uh, my name is Andrew Terrell. I'm one of your hosts uh, for this series. I'm here with three gentlemen that I hold, you know, very fondly in my life: Travis Valman, Kevin Herder, and Reese Mona. Um, quick intro about ourselves. Uh, I'll start. You know, my name's Andrew. Uh, a lot of people refer to me as the man. Uh, I'm going to be giving you guys good insight into, you know, what's going on with the program. Maybe not so much on the floor. That's more of a Kevin Herter thing, but I can give you some funny riffs here and there. Uh, currently living in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, I'm in real estate development. Uh, the background. Yes. Those are my childhood trophies. Yes. I am living with my parents. Uh, so you know, it's going really well for me. So yeah, that that's me.
1: Fellas, happy to uh, be joining you on this podcast. I am I'm Kevin Herder, um, currently play for the Sacramento Kings. Spent the last four years of my life with the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, previously, obviously attended the U- University of Maryland. Was a, a teammate of U three and um, ready to ready to talk some basketball.
2: I'm Reese Mona, and unfortunately I don't play on the Sacramento Kings, but. Um, currently I'm in the financial services industry at Maryland I played on the 2017 to 2021 team so on the call only two of us are Big Ten champs that's Trav and myself that was in 2020 Um, and then I also to stay in basketball I assistant coach on a team called McDonough High School in Pomfort Maryland not the Baltimore McDonough but we're at public school and we're (laughs) 9-1 to right now so we're
3: rolling too but I'll pass it over to Trav I'm Trav Travis Bauman, I uh, so that was what 2016 to 2020. I was on the team, so I'm Kev's Cavs year. Um, 2020 Big Ten champ is reset. My last year, um, I was voted Scout Team Point Guard of of the year in the country um, by a panel of myself. You can ask. You can ask for a film. Um, I live in New York City now. Big city dreams, B- Big Apple. Um, I'm semi-retired. I no longer play division 1 college basketball. I no longer play in the NBA, but I do continue to play in men's league on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. So if anybody wants some work, they can get it. Um during the day I work at Goldman Sachs. Uh doing finance. So not quite handing out buckets, but um you know, we're, we're doing stuff. we we're, yeah, we're I didn't, didn't add this, busy. but
0: I'm a I'm a 2015 through 2019 guy. Uh you know, we had a good good couple teams. Uh I think all of us experienced a lot of uh Different things in college. You know, everybody was pretty much the man in high school. Uh, you know, some of us have good experiences of, you know, scoring, scoring 30 points on the court. Other of us have great experiences, you know, talking, talking shit on the bench. So we can give you a variety of things here. Um, I, think, I think first things first, we I both. think we need to dive into the X's and O's. Maryland Terrapins went on the road to the Rutgers uh, this past week. Not good, guys. I mean, I'm just going to be the first to say it. It is... uh, (laughs) It's bad. It's really bad right now.
1: We started off hot. Like, there was a lot of promise. We looked great to start the year, obviously. Uh, Teams go through their ups and downs, but we've... The Rutgers game was was not Dude, we just have, like... That's for sure. We've all experienced
2: Rutgers. We've all been there. It's not an easy place to win, but it's usually not that embarrassing.
1: The energy is weird. It's
2: like, the energy there
3: is, well, it, I don't... Yeah. feels like a weird. high school gym. The crowd is, like, talking to you, but they're not really bothering you, but they're just there. It's kind of tight. It's compact. It gets loud a little bit. And you're like, why the hell are
0: we here?
3: It's it's Especially it's weird. from Maryland. It's, I don't know,
0: it's weird. Dude, you, it's you're, easy. like, taking no a bus where, there. Then your, your locker room is, like... Dude, it's very similar to high school where you walk from the locker room through their aux- auxiliary gym. Like, that back area into the court like it did the the locker room is cinder blocks it's just uncomfortable I felt I felt like I was in jail when I went there to be honest and you know shout out shout out Jillian herder. she's a big time freshman recruit there for the women's basketball team but hey Rutgers ain't my place let me tell you
3: well, well
1: that's what's tough I gotta watch what I'm saying and they've been I mean Rutgers has been good Rutgers has been good on both sides the last couple of years but it still feels like doesn't matter how good they are, you look at your preseason schedule, you see Rutgers on your, on your schedule, and yeah. you point at that game and say, That's a win. Like, we're going we're gonna to go into Rutgers and we're going to win that game. And then those games that you don't come out with them, those are, uh, are tough. The, the energy is weird there. Maybe it's changing around. Steve Peichel's done a good job, but uh, it's just a it, tough place to, a weird place to win.
2: I slightly disagree with the fact of seeing Rutgers. Now, if you see Rutgers at home, you don't want to lose that. But well, when you see that at in front of Rutgers, it's always, it's always tough. And you can see they beat some big time teams at Rutgers. I mean, but it's thing. just one of those things. It was kind of never close. I mean, I think we had 17 points in the first half. I don't think we ever even dude. had a lead, maybe early, but just no shot. There wasn't a lot of energy.
0: or we are making shots. and We, it was tough we to have like some game. big issues with not only scoring droughts, but like, dude, we don't put shots up for minutes. I think that's our biggest issue is. I mean, I, I was watching with my dad and multiple times we just kind of made eye contact and just kind of like chuckled like, hey, this this is pretty bad. I mean, this is bad basketball. You know, I, I even sent a tweet out. You know, I think I think me, Reese and Trav could possibly score more than 17 and a half. And it's so weird because we've seen the good and now we're seeing like the extreme bad. And I don't understand why the. You know, I know there's peaks and valleys, but man, these these valleys are are fairly low.
3: I mean, I think when we look at this team, like the first thing everybody notices is probably like it's not a ton of depth and not a lot of ways to manufacture easy buckets. So you want to road at a place like Rutgers. They're always going to show up. They're tough. They guard and you turn the ball over 20 times like you're just not getting enough shots up and on a, a team like this one where we don't always get a ton of inside production. We don't always shoot the ball well from the outside. Like, you have to get as many shots as possible. I think that just off the outset was like, okay, that was almost like a death sentence. Like, if you can go in that gym, you got to take care of the ball. You got to get shots up or else you don't have a chance because those guys always show up. They always somehow shoot the hell of the ball out of the ball at home. They make shots. They guard. They rebound. So you got to take care of it. And that, that at, at initially was what put us down. And then I, I kind of like had to shield my eyes because I was just like, I can't.
0: Uh, it was in the it was NBA. A lot of like, what's the toughest thing to do in the Big Ten? Bar none, plain and simple, win on the road. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're at Rutgers. We had we had the weirdest seasons, Kevin and well, everybody except for Reese. That your guys' freshman year in 2016. We won like every game on the road, your guys's freshman year. And then sophomore year, we couldn't win a game on the road. It's so weird how, you know, you go back and forth in those type of aspects. But toughest thing in the world to do, I think, winning on the road in the Big Ten. It's just loud arenas. They're tight. They're small. They're big. You know, it doesn't matter. There's just like a variety of everything. And, and, you know, people play hard. It's tough to bang bodies in loud arenas.
3: I mean, we used to talk about it back when we were in school. But, like, you you go on the road at a Big Ten road game, and you're almost giving yourself like a – six eight point handicap just off of like it's gonna be some bad calls some home cooking so you're gonna give up a couple points there there's gonna be a guy who's ninth on the scouting report who walks out onto the court and scores eight more points than he averages something like that just home cooking um and these gyms like these are tough places to play like people love their basketball in the big 10 they show up they show out makes it very uncomfortable um so you kind of have to be extra tight extra just clean with your game if you want to win those games and they're they're all close they all come down to the wire um it's it's a thin margin
1: it's like you said like everybody when you play at home everybody plays well at home it doesn't matter if you're the best player you're the eighth or ninth guy coming off the bench like your your best players have to play well when you go on the road and I thought especially in that first half against Rutgers uh you know, our, our depth is definitely not a strength. I think we've actually talked about it, that I think Coach Willard has found more depth than we thought they had, even initially at the start of the year, that he's, he's gotten a lot out of players that uh, maybe we didn't have high, high expectations for, maybe didn't know their game as much. Um, but it just our best players have to play better on the road, and I think that's why you've seen a small skid, especially offensively, that the production on that side. I feel like... Some guys are confidence aren't where it was at the beginning of the year when when things were hot and we were winning at home. And uh obviously that's that's something that
3: we gotta get back to. Kev, uh, our best players gotta be there on the road. What did, what did Shaq say? I, I apologize. I wasn't I wasn't familiar with your game, I owe you an apology. Some of the guys like that. I think like I look at somebody like Tay, for example, when I think of like the drop-off, and I'm just like, at the beginning of the year, Tay couldn't put a foot wrong. Like he was in the paint. Perimeter post backing guys down, getting his little like float, mid-range, push shot game going. He's making threes. And now I feel like every shot he takes, every other one is like coming up short. And I don't know if he's second second guessing himself. You can see he's thinking.
1: And it was I feel like he went into the year like I'm the guy, I'm the dog. And I think that Jameer in a lot of ways has taken that over. Mm -hmm. And Dante hasn't shot it as well as I think he would like to. And maybe he's turning the ball over a little bit, but you can see him. He's starting to think a little bit. And uh, I mean, even back to when he was a freshman, like his best basketball is aggressive basketball. He's flying around defensively. He's switching offensively. He can be a little bit reckless, you know, just put his head down and getting downhill and uh, and taking, you know, pick and pop kind of more pick and pop level threes. And obviously he's they need him to do more than that this year. But yeah, he needs to continue to make aggressive plays. That's I just ask the way
0: his game is. And the way they've been, Kev, I asked you because you've you've been on, you know, you've you've gotten a couple more buckets than we have on the road. Um, does it ever get hmm. comfortable playing on the road? You know, because I mean, you only stayed two years, but when you went from freshman to sophomore year, did you notice a considerable amount of comfort when you're on the road, or is it always, you know, hey, hit that first shot and let's get going? Um, And if you miss it, man, you tighten up a little bit. How, How was that for you when you were playing?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's important to find your rhythm and find your tempo early in the game. The one thing about the road that was always nice, and especially in college, just because of the strength of the home crowds, that when you get on a roll on the road, I almost think it's more fun just because you have you got 20 people in the gym rooting for you. Every time you score a bucket, place goes deaf. Except you can just hear the small cheers from uh, your bench and your that small contingent of fans that you got behind behind your bench. Uh, That sometimes when you get get it going on the road, you almost get more unconscious just because you can feel everybody rooting against you, and it's just the whole time you're just kind of playing like a big like f you to the crowd as you're trying to win a basketball game where. It's easy to do it at home. You get on a roll and sometimes there's more pressure at home to make shots. You can feel the crowd gets behind you and every every shot you miss, you you feel the size and uh on the road you don't get any of that. It's like you, you I feel like you can play a little bit more free, especially when you get going. Um that it's it can kinda it can kind of screw around with you a little bit, but it's it's tougher to get going on the road and it's tougher to to obviously stay hot. You just don't feel the energy.
2: Kevin Herter at Syracuse. He had Okay, he had Trav, Hander, and I yelling, and then yeah. his 20 family members. Bro, going but crazy it's that also
1: I mean, it's like you hit a shot and you just see like there's there's small cheers coming from somewhere. I don't exactly know Yeah, where it is.
0: Uh I always remember my my freshman year uh with Mello and uh Jake Lehman. We were on the road somewhere. I was at Northwestern, and Mello was unconscious. And man, it was loud. And I'm mean, they were right on top of you. We were the number two team in the country. Um, so we sold Northwestern out, and it's not like a crazy place to play. But turgeon brought us all into the huddle, and he's like, "You guys hear that?" And it was nothing; you couldn't hear anything. And he was like, "Don't you fucking love that?" Sorry for the f bomb, but I mean, it was it was like one of those (laughs) moments where it's true. Like you get adrenaline from hearing nothing, whereas at home, man, that adrenaline is from the crowd noise. So you know, you take it one step further. You get beat at Rutgers; tough game you know, in 11 games, the Knights uh, are allowing only 50 points a game. So it's like you're going from a tough away game against a really good defensive team to now you're going to home against Ohio State, a really good offensive team. And then, you know, we play our best basketball of the year almost. We shoot the ball well. We don't take contested threes. You know, we didn't turn the ball over a crazy amount. um, And we got a lot of shots up and then we end up winning the game. It kind of shows you the difference in, you know, I think Ohio State's probably better than Rutgers, but we still beat Ohio State, lose to Rutgers. It's that home and away aspect.
2: But it's been this roller coaster today, year, too. And it's been, I mean, we don't need to talk about it, but at Michigan was awful. It's actually, I saw an article, it was Maryland's worst loss and since joining the Big Ten. And then you have um, the Rutgers game, another awful loss. But then you come home. You regroup and you have an amazing game against Ohio State where Jameer John drops 30. Uh, but it's just been that roller coaster a year so far, which is shocking because they really come out and guard. But it's really um, the offense. And Rutgers, last time we talked about Rutgers, is they had an eight-minute scoring yeah. drought and then a five-minute scoring drought. Maryland did. And that can't happen in college basketball. You're never going to win a game if you do that in one half. But that's the last we'll talk about. Rutgers, that was a tough game. But moving forward, it was a heck of a win today get Maryland back on track.
3: I think today was, like, a prime example of, like, you've been on the road. They've been traveling a lot. You know, they had exams, things like that. I know the guys got together, met, and just talked about some things, just kind of working out some kinks in terms of, like, why are we not playing quite as well as maybe we were before? Um, I think today looked like they kind of just felt free. Like, they they played with, like, we have nothing to lose here, which I don't think I've seen a ton of them, ton of that from them lately. Like, again, we don't need to harp on those losses, but, like, Felt like UCLA and Michigan in these games, they felt like they were playing with like the weight of the world on their shoulders. And you know every time they missed a shot, they were drooping a little bit. Um, today, they just look kind of loose. They, they played free. The best players played like the best players and carried us. I think every time we, you know, Ohio State had a big shot, made a little run, we had an answer for it. And I think that was just like, it was almost like a mental f- flip, a switch. Like, there's no pressure on us. We're home. We're comfortable. We need this game. Let's play hard. Let's. It, it, I don't know. It, it, it was simplified in terms of like the mental approach. I think which is like what you want to see, right? Like, yeah. it's easy to get scourged, but they bounce back mentally then, is what I, know, what I wanted to see.
0: Another thing that I don't think a lot of college coaches do is they kind of went AU on them. We were doing full court, kind of a you know a crazy trapping press that I don't think a lot of coaches utilize that much. I think people allow comfort where okay, you get a, you know, you score, you come back, you play your defense and you hopefully get a stop. I think Willard said screw it, let's go full court press, let's trap them, let's get them uncomfortable. Oh, guess what? You're starting your offense with 20 on the shot clock. In college, college is not like NBA. Like, like when you run any type of press to get the shot clock down just a little bit, then you not only have to get the ball back into your one guard's hand to run the play, you have to get the play, get to your spot. Now you have 14 on the shot clock at best. Then what do you do in college? A high pick and roll. It's not that useful. I mean, it's not like the NBA where you have a De'Aaron Fox going downhill to get a bucket. You know, it's just different. Yeah.
1: It's disruptive. I mean, that's the biggest part of it. You know, you you press. It's something that every team has to prepare for. They don't just get to take the ball in the net and run their transition offense. And their point guard can set up and get you a new play. And they they just feel comfortable. You know, press gets you out of rhythm. It's something you prepare for, whether or not you're trying to get a steal or not. Uh, I love it. It's something that we've talked about. You can start to see how Maryland basketball is going to play for years to come. And if Willard's play style is, hey, we're going to we're going to score and we're going to have both our guards pressing up and making you catch the ball along your baseline and we're going to turn you a couple times all of a sudden you know the shot clock is at 21 seconds and you're trying to figure out what you're running it's uh i think it's really effective iowa has been doing it for years you know they've run that one two two kind of level press that is just disruptive they might turn you over once a game but uh it's almost more annoying than anything and we we've talked about it even even in the nba there's some teams that you get a, a davion mitchell just picks you up full court like how often do you actually steal the ball and pickpockets? that like rarely ever but in the nba you're starting your you're starting your offense at 15 on the clock like it just makes it a lot easier than everybody else so i love
3: it i mean when i start my coaching career in 15 years and then at uh, it might be Georgetown Preparatory High School. And boys, will be um, some trash. I'm saying. Not build, and I build a national power. It'll be on the back of a soft press. It might be on on the back of a, of a, of a hard press, too. I, I just think you guys hit the nail on the head in terms of the shot clock. Like, you wear, them, wear the shot clock down time-wise. And also, like, it just keeps your guys engaged. Like, you know, they know the ball goes in the basket and misses. Like, we're getting up. We're getting into you. Like, we are dictating tempo. We're dictating physicality. Like, we are here. This is our home floor. We're going to dominate those types of things. Um, what? What I
2: like and what Kevin kind of mentioned too, it's going to be Maryland's Mm -hmm. new blueprint. It's what they are. They're dogs. They get up in you. And I was at the game today and I saw the PVI commit was there. Kids are stud. Kids real good. And it's like, that's what those type of guys want to come there. They want to guard 94 feet. They want to get up you. They want to talk a little trash. And then they want to play free on offense, which is what Willard allows his guys to do. And I think that's going to get some big
3: time recruits coming in there. And that's where you earn that, like yes. you earn those the freedom on offense to shoot those shots, to be a little bit more aggressive, free flowing, because we know the coaches know the fans know no matter what, you're going to go back on defensive fight and, and get it right back. Like it, it, it goes both ways. And I think that's one great thing that we've seen about Willard is like, look, like he's going to let guys play with confidence, play free, take some shots and, and do these types of things that um you know, he's not going to kind of hold them back offensively as long as they fight, as long as they guard, as long as they rebound, as long as they are the tougher team. And I think that's going to help us recruit. I think that's going to help us compete in games. Like when you get later and later into the season, like teams are game planning for you. They're taking you out of your stuff. Games come down to like who makes shots, who misses shots, who makes plays. And I think like that is something we're going to see more and more and more of in the program because of this kind of culture. Well, you know what else we've, we
0: kind of talked about a little bit is the game plan aspect of it what did we do for Michigan State every single year we we almost switched our entire game plan around them you know I can't tell that many I have a couple buddies that are at Purdue I had a couple buddies at IU not many people switch their game plan against us but we would have to kind of force our hand and switch some things to be able to stop Michigan State in transition stop Purdue's plays etc I think with the press and I think the way that we're going to start switching defenses that we've already seen a little bit, people are going to have to game plan against us and they're going to have to switch some things up. You know, you're going to have to figure out a way to get into an offense quicker against a full court press. That's just, you know, that's nature of it. Whereas, you know, you see Purdue, they do the same things every single time. They run swivel and, you know, their series. And then what do they do on defense? They, they just ice every ball screen. They force you toward their big and that's how they play basketball. They don't. They don't change anything for you. So I think people are going to have to start adjusting to Maryland over the next upcoming years.
2: And real quick, Andrew, can you explain? uh, Travis mentioned the first term, soft press versus hard press. For the listeners, then can you explain ice? Yeah, icing icing ball
0: screens is essentially forcing everything away from the screen. So if you're on the right wing, uh, if you're guarding the ball, typically you're going to have a ball screen toward the middle of the floor instead of allowing the guy to come off the ball screen, the big is going to drop back toward the baseline. You're going to force everything baseline. So essentially you're almost creating a little zone between, you know, you and your big guy, not letting them come off the ball screen. Um, and then.
1: Icing. I mean, you know, icing is plain. Yeah, Icing you just keep the ball on the sideline, like plain and simple. Yeah, like, and I'm going to say this quickly.
3: As a smaller guard, I think I hated icing more than anything because, You're just driving the ball handler towards an extra defender, which is the baseline and sideline, and you have to kind of force a cross-court-ish pass, which is tough when you're somebody my size. Like, Kevin was always good at that because he's 6'7", 6'8". You can just throw the ball over the defense. If you're me, you're 6'2", like, I, that's a tough pass to make.
1: I I don't love love icing in college either. We can get into that another point. You can make the court feel smaller in college than easier than you can the NBA. And that's why teams do it in the NBA more so. That I sometimes think icing, like you're giving other teams better players, like you're you're giving them a lane to the basket. And a lot of times it puts a lot of pressure on the big man that's in the drop, that he's now in a backpedal. There's a reason so many teams or a lot of good teams at college basketball, like play pack line and pack the pain. And it's just the court is smaller. It's easier to take things away where a lot of times in the NBA, you keep the ball out of the middle of the court just because that's where the highest percentages are. And it gets everything else open in college. I don't I don't love icing uh, as much, but that could be
3: for more. I don't think a ton of teams do it right like Purdue used to do it. Um, I don't think we'd see a We did it just because I was
1: a giant. Like, they don't want yeah. Zach Eady running out the court. They don't want Isaac Haas running out the court. And uh, at the point, Caleb Swanigan and um, yeah. who's a dude that yeah. transferred harms. to BYU. Like, I mean, harms. Purdue just harms. Like, Purdue produces 7-3 guys like it's their job. I don't know yeah. what they're growing out there well, in Indiana. Well, but you bomb. have, That's why they you have like,
0: what, three options on a ball screen? I mean, you can either drop an ice. You can either hard hedge, you hard can edge. switch, or you can go underneath and, you know, do things like that. So you don't have many options, and Kevin, you're exactly right. If you have a big guy that can't move worth worth anything, and then on top of that, you don't have to worry about defensive three seconds, and you can just kind of post up in the lane. Yeah, it's really smart to keep a guy, you know, from coming off that ball screen. But if you can go one through four and switch, kind of like Merrill can this year, um, or even one through five, because Julian Reese can move pretty well, you know, you've got more options uh, and, it, you know, it, it's kind of it depends on what you know and how you teach it um, and then also what the team runs. Uh, and then, you know, one step further, uh, just real quick, the hard press, soft press, soft press. You're not trying to necessarily get a steal. You're kind of just slowing the pace down. Hard press is more where you see you're up 94 feet. There's a trap every once in a while. Um you know, it's kind of what you see more at the end of games rather than, you know, just allowing a team to come up and hoping that they waste eight or nine seconds on the shot clock. Uh, transitioning here a little bit. Uh, upcoming schedule for the Terps. I know we have at Iowa. uh where at Iowa, man. I know a lot of people don't respect going to Iowa or doesn't look like many fans are there. There's a lot of fans there, you know, and, and it's you know it's dark uh like lighting and a lot of white people i mean it's crazy it makes you it almost makes you feel a little uncomfortable while you're in there you know travis it is it sure gym so here's a it is and that's it why is. they i mean they shoot the they shoot the hell out of it but anyway it's a, it's a tough Piss out of it. place to play because it gets somewhat loud but it's also Iowa, Indiana, you know, Iowa, like who wants to go to Iowa? It's colder than hell. When you get off the plane, Uh, you get to the gym, it's dark on the outside. The floor is weird. The tunnel coming in and out of the, out of the arena sucks, you know, everything about it. I just can't stand. And, you know, so that'll be a tough game. Uh, And I think Iowa's pretty good. Kev, you got a brother on the team with Keegan Murray. I know Chris is pretty, pretty solid himself.
1: Not bad. Big week for us, obviously. Me and Keegan have a big time, uh, <laughs> big time gentleman's bet on the line. Like for, it, I like it. For the people listening, Ke- Keegan's hilarious with Iowa. He uh, obviously he watches every game, but he's so him and Chris are so competitive. They're like the little they're the twin brothers that bicker about everything. And I don't know Chris at all, but you could just tell in the stories that we've heard from McCaffrey uh, on a lot of their interactions, but. It's like every we'll, like we were in practice earlier today, and uh, we always bust on Keegan that Keegan Keegan's out there on the court to mostly do one thing that's put the ball in the basket. You know, he could, you get you get drafted fourth overall, you're out on the court to score. And so we were going through a drill today in practice where he had to drive into the paint and make a kick, and for another guy to shoot. So he like he went in and forgot the drill, went in the paint, came to two feet, and shot the ball. And like, and, and it's, like, typical of Keegan and, like, Harrison Barnes yelled out, like, hey, Keegan, Chris would have passed that. Like, Chris would have found the other guy. you can no tell just, like, no. He's, like, oh no, he wouldn't. Like, no, no. Take that person. And it's, like, and every time we had some the other day, we're like, we're, like, Keegan, you ever have 30 and 10 in a college game? And he's, like, I hold the all-time leading scoring record <laughs> in Iowa. season. He's very, like, Keegan can't joke about it. And so this is uh, – it's a big-time game. Obviously, if Maryland wins, I'm going to be all over him. But uh, his, his and Chris's, the interactions and what I could see so far. So, Iowa, like I, I've
0: actually watched a ton of Iowa this year. Obviously, they're, they're going to be missing uh, one of the uh, McCaffrey brothers. Um, but other than that, their starting lineup is very, very solid. They've got Perkins, Ulyss, McCaffrey, the other McCaffrey, Connor. Um, and they've got Rabraka. Man, been he's, shooting that this year, man. He's been knocking them down this year. Now nah, he's shooting that thing. We used he to play is. off of
3: him. We used to we used to give him
0: that shot. Can't, well, you know it's <laughs> crazy. Do that you know it's crazy. They go to Rutgers today. We're just talking about how tough it is to win at Rutgers. They go two Rutgers and they beat them by eleven. You know, so it's like they're now they're starting to get a little bit hot, and they beat IU at home. They came back from twenty-one down. You know, so they're starting yeah. to find their mojo here a little bit, and that's pretty scary. You know, I'd like to say. At Iowa is already tough, yeah. but against a hot team that's shooting the ball well and they're kind of figuring out their mojo. They play quick. They shoot anything that they want. They suck on defense, but they make up for it. Yeah, you know, it's. <laughs> yeah, they're a, they're they, a hot I team. mean,
1: they put the ball in. And, and, they put the ball in the basket. What? The thing for me that, like, matchup wise, why I'm okay with it, Iowa also is not the biggest team in the Big Ten. They're going to struggle a little bit this there. year with the size of the Big Ten. That matchup wise, like. This is – there's a game that we need to see Juju. Yeah. I think it's it's this game. And Iowa's going to score the ball. Like, this is going to be – it's going to be track meet. We're going to try to press. But, like, there's one thing you can mark down is Iowa's going to score. And uh I think especially going on the road is – are we going to be able to keep up with them? But I, I just think it, it should be a better matchup for some of our guys that their size won't be – a factor like I think other team size
3: have been um, and it's a great It point. will be it's a great point with us. It's a better matchup versus a Purdue where you play Edie and Juju's, you know, it's two fouls, four minutes in. I think where they get tricky defensively, they usually are god awful, but they will switch it up on you. So they'll run a man, then they'll run like a junkie zone, and then they'll run a one-three one. You don't and really know what press, you're getting, you can't man. get comfortable with the That's the same way.
0: Like it, it's not a it's yeah. not a it's not like a, what we just talked about. It's not a hard press. Man, they're kind of backing you up, baiting you, baiting you. Kevin, you played in the middle of that one-three-one every now and then, or the point of it. They have guys that know how to gauge that pass where you don't want to pressure the ball in that instance. You want to make the guy feel suffocated and then back up and then you, you know, that's how you get your tips. They do a really good job of that.
3: Nicholas Bears on the side Remember that I guy? He's kind of hunchback a little bit and he'd like stun at you, stun at you, and then they'd back up and you pick the ball up, and then everybody's de- denying. It's, it's tough. And I think like they're going to set in a little bit here. Like they have three of the next five at home. This is a great step for us to like take a, that next step, right? Like we got a big win at home. Can you go on the road, beat a team that's going to be feeling good, getting hot, has like this homestand coming up where they're thinking they can make a little run in the standings? Like um, it's a big opportunity for us.
2: I think it's a race to 80, and it's just, yeah, are we going to can we um, get to 80? Like you said, we could. If we're hitting shots, we can easily get to 80. It's just if we start missing threes, are we going to just keep chucking and praying, or are we going to try to feed the Juju, get something going, and then go inside out? Because a lot of times, those five-minute spurts are just, we stop making threes, but we are just keep shooting them. And I liked against Ohio State, Zed Key was out, and Juju, he ate. He played pretty well, dominated. When they needed buckets, he was there. And I think Iowa doesn't have that dominant big man to where if
0: they need somebody inside, I, they should go inside. I think D- one of the things with going. Iowa that, that scares me a little bit is, you know, a lot of time you don't want to make it a race on the road. What's the one thing that travels? Defense. You know, you can't always trust your offense. Defense. I don't know if we're good no. enough defensively to keep them off 80 points. So I agree. I think the offense is going to have to travel or it's going to be a long night. I mean, they're not going to stop shooting. I've never seen a team airball more threes and then shoot a three on the next possession. It's it's very similar. Kevin, I don't know if you remember this at Minnesota. At Minnesota, it, you airballed one right in the right in the left corner in the second half. I mean, you airballed it by like seven, eight feet. And you're a freshman. And I said, Oh I said, Oh God. At the ball, he's in trouble. And then very next play he comes off a pin down top of the key and he just I mean, check, check, check. That thing was splashy. So it's one of those where <laughs> you're going to have five of those guys on that team. Chris Murray airballed a free throw the other night. Airballed a free throw. He had 31 and he airballed a free throw. It makes no sense. And then he comes down and he hits two free throws to, to ice the game out. So I think you got a lot of guys on that team that are super confident because their coach instills it in them. Um, and you're going to have to match them kind of pound for pound with points. Hope it goes I'm looking at
1: ahead of this game. In the reality of the situation, if you look at the next three games after Iowa, who,
0: who do we have? I don't even
1: know. Yeah. You know, they, this, is, this is a big win, especially just for, for our season. Uh, I'm also looking forward. I'm looking forward to that, the Dante and Chris Murray matchup. Uh, I think both guys will have aspirations playing at the next level. I, uh, it's going to be a good matchup. It's uh, hopefully one I think Dante should be up for, but I think those hey, guys and, will be going and, at it most of the game.
2: Good I want Maryland to take it to Michigan after that, though. I mean, we luckily, just got, the yeah, they got Bears. back. They got a There's bounce no back. There's no way Willard's back. not lighting a fire. Yeah. Well, I'm luckily, they gotta The
1: thing back. is, Willard doesn't. I mean, that's old beef, though. Michigan is old beef. It's yeah. not
3: Willard's beef. Uh, so
2: it's it's still Maryland's beef. All the fans know about it. There's no way Dante and
3: Keen don't remember all that. But as dudes, yeah. as dudes, we got we got punched in the mouth. We got, they we got knocked out win. five minutes into the game. I actually, I was shielding my eyes. I was just like, this is tough. And it gave me slightly PTSD oh, from when God. they came to Xfinity. And whatever oh. year that was, me and Drew had broken our ankles that year. We were on the sideline in boots. And Abdul yeah, Rahman, I what, that's his name, right? It had yeah. 32 in the first half.
2: But at least that game we came, we came back won. and won the
0: second half. Reese was out like, there before. getting buckets. Reese was playing with, bucket, with 16 minutes left. Sorry, I'm throwing F-bombs everywhere.
1: Here's the tough part about Michigan is that since Hunter Dickinson has put on a Michigan jersey, he is he has made it obvious. I hate a, Hunter there's, Dickinson. There's for Maryland. There's no one's hiding that. He has dominated every single time times. he has played Maryland. And it is tough to watch. Like every hate single it. game, he is All dominated. I can say- so it's we get back at home. Hopefully we got something different for him because like I'm sick and tired of seeing that guy look at her face. I'm
0: fed up, man. It. I'm fed up. I'm telling hang you. On. I'm hang fed. on, hang oh on, hang on. I'm fed up. Hang on. Just because I don't, <laughs> don't want to like... give the guy too much credit, he's good. And luckily, we don't play them for another week and a half, so we can talk about this next Sunday. But I just have to say this: what pisses me off about Hunter Dickinson the most is that he's going to be a really average Euro League guy. You know. Yeah, he's gonna be a really average Euro league guy. That guy's not playing in the NBA. Can't move. Can't move. Couldn't guard me one on one. Couldn't guard me one on one. That's that's all I'll say about that. We got them we got them in a week and a half, though. We can we can touch on Hunter Dickinson and and that guy and you know the rest of that team next week. Uh real fast, just because we're coming up on the end of this. Uh Kevin Willard, we haven't talked about this is the first episode. Kevin Willard, Mark Turgeon. Just so everybody knows. We are Turgeon people. Uh, we like Turgeon. He was our coach. He recruited you know, us to go play there. Um, I'm a Turgeon guy. I'll never say anything bad about him. That doesn't mean I'm also not excited about what's going on with Willard and how he's going to start coaching people. I think he's going to get some good recruits. Just for fans looking around saying, what the hell has happened with UCLA, all these games that have gone on these past couple of days, that's what comes with it, man. You look at the IUs or you know, other teams that get new coaches, it takes a while. The beginning was an anomaly. That was, like, that was weird that we won those games, that we were so close with some of those teams. It was crazy. It was awesome to look towards the future, but it's going to be growing pains. We're going to get freshmen next year that are going to be expected to lead us. Freshmen don't lead in the Big Ten. That's just a fact. Purdue's doing it right now, but you'll see that break back a little bit. Give it three years. Give it two years next year, but stay with these guys. And, you know, don't get on don't get on Willard for some of these losses because we've got time and he has time, you know, that, and that's what I'll say about that.
3: And I. Th- I think being on both sides now, you've been, you know, we've been players and now we are kind of alums fans like you see a little bit of both sides. And I think we can all appreciate how difficult it is winning college basketball. Like, it is just really, really hard to win games, to win championships. Um, so as fans now, I think, like, again, like, it would behoove us all to kind of, as Drew's kind of alluding to, like, just be patient with these guys. Like, over the long haul, a- as a program, and even in the c- in season, like, you just have these ups, you have these downs. It's a long season. It is a grind. Um, you know, st- stick stick with these guys and support them because that is how we kind of get to the end, look back and say, you know what? We weathered the storm and we made some, you know why? So, um, I don't know. It's just, interesting. you you know, why it's taken
0: Maryland football a long time to come back or a Rutgers. It's taken them forever to even start is because you're, you know, when your fan base doesn't support and come out and sell out arenas, it is really hard to get recruits. So that's one thing too. You got to stay with them. You can't go on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, and start you know rocking these dudes. They've been bad the past couple of games. I think they probably know that. I mean, at some point you got to look in the mirror, but you got to stay with them. You still got to come to the games. You still got to support because we—that's big toward recruiting. You know, recruits don't want to come and look at five thousand fans in a twenty thousand arena. That looks terrible. Keep coming. Keep supporting. In two years, I guarantee this will be turned in the right direction if it's not already in the right direction I don't know who knows maybe we'll make the tournament and go to a sweet 16 but just stay with the guys I love know. how
2: hard the guys play for Willard and I mean these aren't even his guys yet Dante Akeem he did not recruit Juju he did not recruit but they're there playing hard and it's fun to watch that these aren't even his guys they recruited and they really like Willard and Willard really likes them so it's it's been a good mix. And before we go, I do think we need to shout out to yeah, Young still. a little more today. Had a 30 ball. Uh um, we should have looked up 30 and 11. 30 and 11. We should have looked up the last guard to get 30 and 11 in experience center but Shout yeah, out I know to it is
3: I know it is. You yeah, it, it is The general.
0: It's great. Oh, the last one we to do got, it. we got some oh, you got to talk about I that I later. Drew. Yeah, I don't even I don't even want to get into that. Drew, Drew's getting cooked. Drew's looking no, at us. I'm getting
1: cooked. What fingers. Andrew's got a Twitter fingers.
3: All right, he's, he's, group, I'm a, all that.
0: he's a good follower. Yeah, Go follow brought to coach. you by the coach, man. I got good insight. Uh, you might have to change that. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it might be time to retire, Peyton Manny. Peyton Manny's done. Hey man. He's, <laughs> a, get he's a, get a, a sheriff. Out there. <laughs> he's a sheriff. So you're, you're done, buddy. Uh, you're cooked, pal.
1: Hey, and you on social media. It's, yeah. A, a you better believe
0: it. You can't find me. You never will. Um, okay. So, so <laughs> yeah, this is, <laughs> uh, this is our first episode. Um, me, Trav, Kev, Reese. Uh, we are really fired up and excited to keep talking with you guys. I think we're going to do this once a week, every Sunday uh, and the podcast will drop. I, I believe the day after, maybe two days after. I'm not sure. Um, But just know we're real fired up. We're going to keep bringing you guys uh, good insight, we hope, into the games, looking forward to games, uh, and then inside the program. So, you know, if you guys have anything you want to ask us, uh, especially Kevin, I know a lot of people are going to have questions for Kevin. We can hit on a lot of stuff. Um, If you want to know what an arena is like, let us know. We can hit that. Uh, You know, if you want to know what hitting a big shot's like, hey, Kev's, Kev's hit a couple. I can't say I have. Cats can hit a couple so,
3: so say, i thought Drew was gonna save me nice. <laughs> we've
0: we seen, we seen some shots <laughs> i've also buried a big triple in uh cancun i can't forget it so you know just send us your questions we're really excited to start talking with you Sparkle. guys and keep Whoa. you guys entertained uh, as best we can next episode will be coming out next sunday we'll we will go over the iowa game and look forward to the michigan game um and that's it that's episode one of uh the old terps podcast i appreciate you guys tuning in and we hope to see you guys next week
3: beyond the big 10 is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things big 10 we cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders. Our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.